Hello, hello, and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon, here to contemplate all things that are spiritual and queer. <laughs> oh my gosh, this episode today, I hope you guys love it because I'm inviting you into such an intimate space of my life. Um, I recorded a conversation that I had with one of my oldest, best, best friends. So if you knew me growing up, you're definitely aware of who Alexis Sacalario is. And <laughs> you might even think it's funny that I, uh, or interesting that I have someone who couldn't be more different from me on this show. But maybe we can reflect that we can make incredible friendships with people who we would maybe not pick out of a crowd. And Alexis and I have such a strong friendship that we've had since we were small, small children um, that I thought it would be a really fun podcast, not only to just invite you into a more vulnerable, intimate realm of my life of, of you know, feeling into one of my closest friendships, um, but also learning about, you know, what makes a friendship strong? How do we maintain our friendships in our 20s and in the post-pandemic era? And also, Alexis is this bad badass MBA businesswoman working in New York City, you know, just doing the corporate life thing. Um, and I, I guess my last two episodes are these corporate bosses who are here to, to talk with you. But, you know, Alexis is such a guide for, you know, just listening to this. I'm like, I want Alexis to like make a podcast and get into coaching like me because she is just such a role model for young women. She's always been such a role model to me growing up and having a friend that's as smart as her and as poised as her and as kind as her and as generous, you know, like, um, oh, we just have so much to learn from this person. And as I was listening, I remembered how we used to tease Alexis in, in middle school and high school, and we would call them, we would call her little sayings, these Alexisisms. And I wish I could think of one right now, but you know, she has such a unique mind and she's just the greatest person you'll ever meet. So I'm sure you are all going to fall in love with her and love this show with her. Now, if you're listening on Sunday, I am just getting home from Spacious Oasis. We've had an incredible, incredible weekend together here in Page, Arizona, and I am just so excited to get back to it, get back to business, get back to Salt Lake City. If you are in Salt Lake City, I would love to invite you to my weekly meditation circle that's downtown at the White Cloud Studio. It's every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. It's $10. Come and sit with us. We get together. We do some breath work. We do some prep for the body. We do some meditating. We do some deep energetic relaxation. It's a good old time. And not only is it amazing to meditate in a group of people, but as Alexis and I stressed in this episode, it's so important to find your community and make sure that you are prioritizing your connection with your community and not letting yourself get too isolated. So my Wednesday night sitting group is like literally the easiest thing that you could do. Just show up. I promise we're super friendly. We're not scary at all. We will love you. We will embrace you. And if you're wanting... Um, 
something more than just, you know, a weekly meditation. Maybe you're not in Salt Lake City. I am opening up the waitlist for my next round of sanctuary. So it's it's going to be over soon, but that just means I'm going to have to start a new round. So you can check the link in the show notes to get on the waitlist to be in the next round of sanctuary or to be notified as soon as I announce the dates and as soon as I start rolling out um, enrollment for the next round and then of course as always if you want to come and check out sunrise my virtual yoga studio if you're wondering how am i going to get into my yoga practice this summer how am i going to get into my meditation practice this summer how am i going to just enjoy every morning every sunrise and make it the fullest most spiritual morning that i can have Sign up for Sunrise at $60 a month um, and you get me on demand, everything you need. And I think my favorite thing about Sunrise is that I'm making new content for you guys weekly and I love requests. If you message me and say, Jane, my wrists are hurting, I will make you a whole class just to take care of your wrists. And that's the funnest part. You really get me as your on-demand private yoga teacher. So let me know if you have any questions about that. I'll put the sign up for that in the link um, in the show notes. And yeah, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I'll definitely have Alexis back on the show just to hear more of her incredible, gracious wisdom. And, you know, Alexis is not a public figure, but we did tag her Instagram that is private. If you want to go give her a follow, say hi to her. She is best friends with literally everyone in the world. And <laughs> you're, you're just, you're blessed if you get to know this person. Okay, so... Without further ado, I introduce to you my bestest, oldest friend, Alexis Sacalario. Okay, wait. So you're a Leo. I'm a Leo, (laughs) but I'm on the border of Leo and Cancer. I just, I feel so weird that you've been my best friend for this long and I'm just now think, contemplating that you're a Leo. But are you, are you even into Zodiacs? Like, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. So, he, oh, so here's what I, my point is. People think I know shit about astrology just because of, like, the work that I'm, I do. And I actually... I kind of thought you did. <laughs> no, no. And that's the thing is, like, I actually don't know anything about astrology, but working with as many people as I have and knowing as many people as I have, like I'll analyze Virgos and Aries and Leos and Pisces and create my own conceptions about them. Yeah. And they're always spot on. And so I have my own like intuitive astrology that probably that is based on nothing. No, but I think that's <laughs> that's how religion is too. But we'll get to that in a second. But I think Leos – or not Leos, but I think astrology – I believe that there's energies in the world at the time that you're born. I don't know about the ones mm. where it's like, were you born at 6.59 a.m.? You know how mm-hmm. that – there's certain charts for that, and I, I'm not sure about that. But I feel different energies at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I feel it. I, I feel spring. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like spring right now. I don't feel this way in the fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can just – there's a little subconscious feeling in the air at different times of year. Yeah. And so I believe that there's energies based on when you were born and that you potentially have tendencies mm-hmm. to act a certain way based on that. Now, 
is it going to happen where it's like, you are going to break up with your significant other today? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we can get that granular. Yeah. But I do believe that there's energies and tendencies to the way that we act based on where the earth is around the sun, right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is like the most spiritual thing you've ever said to me. I'm not spiritual at all. <laughs> but I, there has to, there has to be. Okay. So welcome to Lioness Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> This is so fun. So now when I, so many of my guests I have on Zoom and so it's like they, they have like, oh, so what I want to start doing these, I was on this podcast and these girls, they said it that as soon as I opened the Zoom call, we were recording, the podcast was going, it was happening. And I was like, whoa, but I loved it because then I didn't get nervous about, okay, we're starting and anticipating I was question. already there. Yeah, like we were already in. It was, yeah. <laughs> and like I was like, wait, this is such a more organic way. So now when I have people in person for a podcast and you know how you like we couldn't help but keep talking. We've talked for an hour before we even started recording. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, you just said you're a Leo. I've literally never thought about that in my life. I'm going to hit record because everyone, welcome. We're just going to lean right into it. Yeah, we're just starting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're wondering who this person is, <laughs> this is my best friend since we were, well, we only cognitively, I remember meeting you when we were six in, in first, first grade. grade. I remember but that But we too. have proven that we were friends before then. There's picture evidence. Yes. Oh, did I say your name? Alexis. <laughs> did you say it? No, no. Alexis Sacalario <laughs> is my guest today, you guys. I hope that you enjoy this because this is, in the kindest way, you're the last person I would have ever thought to invite onto my show. I had to kind of beg Janie to interview me. No, I have this weird secret dream to be a radio host or be on a podcast. And I just have to say this one thing. When we were in high school and I was a cheerleader, I think Janie was not on the cheer team at this time. She was the first two years and then she you know, really got into the hippie crowd after that, you know, <laughs> she cheerleading just wasn't a part of the, her yeah. brand anymore. But um, so I think it was the years that you were one of the years you weren't a cheerleader, but there was a big game in town and one of the top radio stations in Salt Lake City, 97 one, mm-hmm. they were, they wanted to invite the cheerleaders because, you know, we pump up the community mm-hmm. to come be on the radio and just like get people excited for the big skyline versus Olympus game biggest rivalry in Salt Lake City biggest game of the year for high school <laughs> and I remember eating that up I was so excited I listened to 97.1 every morning and I thought oh my gosh those radio hosts that are just essentially shooting the shit in the morning they just talk mm-hmm. about pop culture and what's going on and what's going on in the news and just their genuine honest take on it and they all had different perspectives they're different ages different genders all of that and I th- it got me going in the morning all of high school and so it was my dream to be on this radio and I was eating it up and I remember some of the other girls were just like a little timid and a little shy and I was like no this is my dream so I've been begging you to be on this podcast because I secretly I love listening to podcasts I love talking anybody knows me like I'm such a chatterbox and I just think it's so fun so Anyways, that's why I begged Janie to be on the podcast. (laughs) Welcome. And the best part is that, like, Alexis is one of those friends where if she calls, I it's not like a quick, like, oh, Oh. what's up? It's like, I got to make sure that my afternoon is open. 
I know. <laughs> I, I have more than one. Or that, that I'm that. doing like the best thing is like if I'm running around driving. Yeah. Then I'm like, yes, great, you know, and and you actually have a good habit. I feel like last time you called me, I was driving home from like way up in Deer Valley, and I was like, how perfect are you? Escort me home. Let's a chat. Perfect forty minute yeah. time frame. Yep. So when you were like. I was telling Alexis about my podcast and Alexis is like, wait, Jane, it is like my dream to be on a podcast. And I'm like, girl, it's not that hard to get on one. And she's like, can I be on yours? And I'm like, you really like, you really want want to be on like my little podcast? Yes. You're so cute. So I was like, let's do it. And the fun thing is that Alexis actually lives in New York City. I do know. We live such different lives. Like, could not be more opposite. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that might be a good place to start is that, you know, I was like, I knew, well, I guess I fit, I don't, did I know you'd be in town or did you know you, I don't know. I we just I knew I'd be in town and we had talked about the podcasting thing a couple months ago and I was like, I, I, mm-hmm. I like made it a point to reach out to you like two weeks ago, four weeks ago, like remind you like, no, I want to set aside time yeah. for this. And I was like, you got it. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Because if every time we talk, it's suddenly two hours go by and I don't even know how many subjects we've covered, then I think we could easily make a good show. I mean, you guys, just now we were in my kitchen talking with my little sister and Alexis is just like handing out free life advice. No. Sophia's like totally engaged. I can tell that Sophia's like, wow, Alexis, like Alexis is one of those people. You're such a good friend to me, seriously, Aww. because we could not be more different. But every time we talk, it's like you're Jane's biggest cheerleader. You're so proud of everything I'm doing. You're oh so gosh. motivating. And we couldn't be more different. And having yeah. someone who lives such a different lifestyle than me just always see exactly who I am. Like I would say – I was thinking about this earlier. Like you and Ashley – I think I've mentioned Ashley's name plenty on this show. Like you guys know the ins and outs of my life and who I am mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think anybody else There's something will. about that childhood friend. Mm-hmm. So we have pictures from our preschool, the Jewish Community Center in Salt Lake, <laughs> when we were like three or four years old. Yeah. And my mom said she always remembered you because you were the, <coughs> the red, the cute little redhead yeah, thing that was <laughs> that was always in my classes. And then you ended up going to my um my elementary after and I remember seeing you in first grade and being like I know her so I do remember knowing you yeah Um, I remember the familiarity too like I because I was so nervous because I was starting in a new school and I didn't know anybody there and then I remember so specifically meeting you and just being like wait I feel really comfortable with her I feel like I know her and not only that, like, come to realize we were probably the only, like, non-LDS kids in our grade. Yeah. And I think that one growing up, that that was one thing that helped us connect. But also, like, I don't even know why we were best friends. We just I don't click. know why either. But you always inspired me as a child and through the teenage oh. years. No, I mean that. I remember always thinking, well, you always – had the cool older sister Brit who would like tell <laughs> us all the cool things to do right like yeah. um so Brit like I, I was inspired by like oh what's like Brit doing like we want to be like her we oh got like my God. I remember when you came to school with Juicy 
remember the juicy brand and i was like i have to have juicy of course i remember the juicy or you um made like the popped collar cool in our school like Brittany would like teach janie all the cool trends that were happening in like the grades above us and then janie would bring them to would be like the first one to bring them to our class like the fashion you're just like so inspired by your fashion and since you were a kid i mean just (laughs) such strongly held beliefs belief in yourself of who you were and that's Mm -hmm. just attractive no matter who you are Mm -hmm. um if you can tell when someone just believes in themselves and is being 100 percent authentic and people gravitate towards you whoever you Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. and i think that's why i've always loved you and have been inspired by you is because you do not go against do not go with the grain. You always are just 100% who you are. Maybe it is going with the grain at the time, but it's mm-hmm. being yourself. Um, and then you've built a brand like around being yourself. Mm. Like I can't think of anybody that I know personally, of course, people that are in the entertainment world or something like that, but like that's how you make it. And I've always been a little bit more kind of straight laced, follow the rules, get the good grades, you know, um, yes. go to go to college, study business, get your first corporate job. And that's kind of been my track. And that's why me and Jane are so opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of, you know, that more traditional like American lifestyle or what sh- everyone says should be traditional. And I've always been inspired by Jane because she has never felt the need to follow that and has mm-hmm. been so confident in that. And that's always really inspiring to me. And not that I don't love my life I just I don't have like a strongly held passions as Janie does (laughs) um to like for you know wellness or religion or things like that I like to learn a little bit about a lot Mm -hmm. and I've like kind of self-proclaimed myself a generalist which makes it really (laughs) hard sometimes to navigate through life because I don't dive really deep into something and so maybe I'll job hop a little bit or like Mm -hmm. trying to still figure it out but I've always admired that you've always seemed to have it figured out. Oh, please. That is the last thing I want anyone to think is that I have it figured out. But I have been given this gift of figuring it out along the way and like just believing in myself so much. And that I think, I think I'm starting to think that might just come with being a lion. I also Mm -hmm. think that I just have like a fieriness to me that's very specific. Um, But it is funny that, you know, because when I think of Alexis, like growing up, Alexis was like, what like six seven year in a row top classical pianist (laughs) uh greek dancer like alexis's resume cheerleader um oh my gosh i'm just ib student ap student straight a's like what else did you do charity league alexis is like national charity league american girl blonde gorgeous hair even though she's greek and she came out with this like crazy blonde hair you know and like and then it's what's really funny is that i was packing up to move to oregon and do my thing there you went to the university of utah yep i was sailing racing sailboats you were like (laughs) rushing dg yep (laughs) while i was like entering the buddhist temple having this spiritual awakening you were like moving to the Philippines to work for my dad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like which, that's how which ingrained changed the course of my life. Yeah. Like you Yeah. are like you this house that we're in right now, where my parents' house, I was out of state when this house was built and Alexis was in this house more than me. <laughs> like I would come over and Alexis would just be like 
in I remember you were just in Lily's bathroom with her, like helping her organize her bows. And I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you're like my parent, your parents just to ask me to come help. Like, yeah. Glad you're here to be of service to my family. <laughs> well, and that's funny you bring that up because I remember being in college, you were away at Oregon, mm-hmm. but your dad was like, hey, Jane, you're friend alexis she's in the business school right i need an intern oh yeah and i remember thinking like you you kind of like mentioned that to me and i was like oh you know like i'm i was in college plus i was you know working at a brew pub downtown squatters Mm -hmm. shout out to squatters (laughs) three and a half years of my life um and also um having a couple I think one or two other internships and the sorority and all of that and I remember thinking like I don't have time for that but I remember always I I had a strong um kind of passion for anything that is with anything global anything international Mm -hmm. and I knew your dad was a successful international businessman and I was like oh I want to see if I'll do just something for him so I'd go in and help him. Yeah wasn't your internship like cashing checks yes depositing checks depositing checks that's like all he wanted because i remember he asked me to do it once and i like (laughs) fucked it up i was like at the bank crying he just gave me like little tasks like he's like can you call like the fire alarm systems for this building or like little little things but i what happened was over time because i would go just once a week for a couple hours that was all i could commit to him at the time Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah that works um i would get you know I'd see Paul in the office as I'm going to cash the checks or do a few other little things. And he would um, give me, you know, 10 or 15 minutes talking about his business, talking about life. Mm -hmm. And those 10 or 15 minutes added up over the two years. Mm -hmm. And then when I was graduating, I was like, I need to do something different with my life. And I somehow convinced your dad to let me go live in the Philippines. And I always just had to let you to go work for him in the Philippines. To go, yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah, that's true. It, <laughs> let me go work for his business in the Philippines. I somehow convinced him, and it truly doing having an experience like that. I lived there for a year, um, changed my whole perception of life, and it really built this foundation of how I think and how I act mm-hmm. um, now today. And I'm always drawn to new people, new places, new experiences. And mm-hmm. growing up in Utah, it's pretty homogenous here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm so grateful for that experience. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's led me to, you know, one of the most diverse cities in the world, New York City. Wow. I love that. And I love that you said that because, again, being the quintessential American girl that, I mean, both of us are. We had pretty standard upbringings in the suburbs. I think that spending time in a foreign place like the Philippines, you know, we both went to Cambodia after high school. Like for me, like Cambodia after high school, even though I had already been to the Philippines, it's like when you travel with your parents, you're in a protected situation. Yeah. When you go like on a resort. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you go into like a Cambodian village by yourself to install water filters, you know, that was you're actually exposed to the culture there. Totally. That also was a life-changing moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, even though I had traveled the world, like that was a life-changing moment because I was on my own. I was Mm -hmm. 18. I was in this village and realizing like, holy shit, I have been so privileged. I have no idea that A, that people were living this way and B, that they were so happy. And you see it in the... 
on in movies or you mm-hmm. see it on the news or something you know that you people, people live. tell these stories right there's just something about being there mm-hmm. and i was so i mean remember everybody in high school you know senior trip like mm-hmm. let's all go to newport and party mm-hmm. yeah. i remember wanting nothing to do with that trip yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I didn't do a senior trip yeah i didn't do that like me i was begging my parents to go to cambodia on this mm-hmm. humanitarian trip mm-hmm. that me and jane went on and my my dad was like, you're not going there. You know, he thought that, you know, it wasn't safe to go there or something because yeah. that's how in a bubble people yeah. can live. And he, he's well read and he knows what's up. But still, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's Which pretty is so crazy. funny. My dad was just like, sure. Yeah, yeah. how much? <laughs> yeah. Which he's. But that's because my dad has spent like there. half of his life in Asia. Asia, yeah. And so he was, he's always been very comfortable with us going there. Um, but again, have I ever walked around by myself in the Philippines? Never. Ever. I've always had an escort. I don't feel like I've really – like, I didn't get to go out there and play with you, you know? I went and played with Britt who would always – we would always have, like, a driver or a security guard or, like, some – and I just felt – I was, you know, sometimes you're like, I want to see the real stuff, you know? I want to (laughs) be in it. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that the – that changed your life and you were kind of living this international life for so long that I'm actually relieved that you finally settled in New York because now you can I think I mean I'm I'm that friend that's like Alexis how's your well-being like are you taking care of yourself like <laughs> knowing that you're at least set or, settled in one place so funny you might still be hopping on planes every other weekend but you're not like rushing off to Singapore at the drop of a hat like <laughs> I think that's good I'm like this is good for you COVID helped curb the the travel <laughs> the um the wanderlust yeah. thank you yep yeah and you know you did go on to get your MBA at this amazing school and your, you know, Alexis, I got to be honest, if somebody asked me what you did, I would say she works for a big consulting firm. And if, <laughs> they, said, yeah. if they said, but what does she do? I would say she works really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do procurement and supply chain consulting, which I do really like. I like, um, working with a bunch of the big brands and procurement and supply chain is such a hot topic right now and how to save companies money and all of that. But yeah, I, you know, I never know what's next. And I, I just know that I like people and I like learning a little bit about a lot. And I think right now consulting, you get to learn a lot about different industries and, um, procurement you get to learn a lot about the different problems and there's an operations component but also a people component working with suppliers and working with companies um, to help them make sure that all those stakeholders those managers working at that company are getting what they want Mm -hmm. so um it it, it's a good place for me right now um sales could be like another opportunity and that's what i was doing um in the philippines working under your dad was like it was a global sales role Mm -hmm. and i really liked that as well i think Um, But you kind of have to really think beyond that. And I'm still in that figuring it out stage of like, what do I want to be in 10 years? And I actually don't know. Yeah, you don't know what your big picture is. Yeah, and therefore it's really hard to make steps towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something I'm I'm still navigating and I'm still figuring out. I was kind of thinking like, do I need a life coach or something? (laughs) (laughs) I probably do. But right now I just kind of take opportunities as they come. But um, it's definitely like maybe a goal of mine this year or something Mm -hmm. is to really work on my big vision Um, because you want to make sure that you're taking, you know, little steps towards whatever this big vision goal is. Mm -hmm. And 
I think my issue is I have I have decision fatigue. I don't want to make a decision of who I want to be in 10 years. That's Mm -hmm. so intimidating. So Mm -hmm. kind of having that big vision, but also allowing for flexibility. So I'm trying to navigate that. And you see yourself as like a leading woman in international business? Or are you a little more open than that? Or is that kind of like where you're seeing yourself go? No, that's definitely something I see myself doing. But then I also, you know, kind of revert to oh my gosh, it would be nice to have a little small business. You know, my mom Mm. um, is a veterinarian and she owns a vet clinic here in town. And it's like, oh, must be nice to just have like a little, your own business and Mm -hmm. you get to run it. And what that business would be, I don't know. Um, Because again, I don't have these like super strong passions, but yeah, I've been gravitate, I've gravitated in my life towards anything with an international focus, Mm -hmm. anything global. Um, I've studied at, you know, in grad school and undergrad international business in both Mm -hmm. schools had classmates from all over the world did a couple study abroads i've studied or lived on four continents wow so it's i've just oh i do know that i've always gravitated towards uh towards anything international with Mm -hmm. a global focus Mm -hmm. but yeah there's so many problems in the world and you want to be a part of solving them Mm -hmm. but but you are only, not only, you can do a lot, but you are only this one person. Mm-hmm. But how can I make make my impact? So always trying to figure that out. Well, and I love how you are noticing because that's always like one of my biggest coaching questions when someone says like, I don't like, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. And you keep bringing up like, I don't know what my deepest passions are yet. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're like aware of that because it's like, you have to figure out what your passions are. You have to figure out what lights you up. I know yeah. that for you, walking into a room of people from all over the world, yeah, and m- maybe even a selling them on something or b sure. just like making them like you, you know, falling, making them all fall in love with you would be where you would be <laughs> most lit up. And it's kind of like, so what? you know, how, how are you going to use those gifts to make a positive impact in the world? And I think as young people, it's so, it's so hard because we see so much opportunity. We see, we have the internet, we can see everything we can see, you know, like you could be, you could start TikToking on supply chain and procurement, you know, and make that your career. I could, but when you say that out loud, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) There's like so many things that you could do yeah. and you're so intelligent. Like you are, oh. you are so, in, you, seriously, like, I don't even know how else to say it. Alexis is incredibly brilliant. And I think that the this like skinny, tall, blonde hair, big blue eyed thing, people don't see. I have a story about that when you're done. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. You know, and that's the thing, like, um, you you know, you make me think a lot of Whitney Wolf, and I don't know if you follow oh, what my she's gosh. doing. Oh, my gosh. That's the biggest compliment but, I've ever heard. You know, the fact that we, I got to grow up with her, like, the fact that I got to watch someone like her come from the same neighborhood as me, which I understand is a very nice neighborhood. <laughs> but seeing someone like her, you know, same opportunities as we've had. Yeah. Be as fucking powerful as she is. You yeah. Know? Like one of the youngest self-made billionaires or something. Maybe yeah. you know, Kylie Jenner beat her. I don't know if that I would be so happy real. if Whitney yeah. beat her. <laughs> I know. You know? Something like Whitney, that. Like actually, you know, <laughs> came from 
she created so much of that herself and yeah um and so i you know i just think of these and that's the sad thing alexis is that it's like i I don't feel like we have a lot of women leaders to look up to sure and especially women that like look like you and have the brains that you have and so i'm wondering if because i know that you're like kind of the token female at your firm (laughs) (laughs) so what's the story you have about that yeah, I mean, I think uh, the story I was going to say earlier was when we were in high school, mm-hmm. I was in calculus class mm-hmm. and uh, AP Calc, <laughs> AP Calc, <laughs> and I was sitting next to the star women's basketball player um, the entire year of school. That was like my assigned seat. And so we would help each other with homework throughout the year and whatnot. Like she was the tallest. She's like well over six feet and um really smart and really athletic and all of that. And I was, you know, this blonde cheerleader. <laughs> and at the very end of the year, like it had to have been the last week, she kind of looked over at me and I was like, and she was like, you know what, for a cheerleader, you, you're pretty smart. <laughs> and because, and we'd like worked with each other all year. And I remember thinking, you know, some people may be offended by that or whatever, but I was like, I am so glad that I helped, mm-hmm. you know, squash a stereotype or, and, and, but she meant it genuinely and mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly take it take it as a compliment. But but yeah, I always uh, am striving to learn more. I love being a student. I miss school so much. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about the uh, something about a school system where there's all these opportunities, but you only have so far to go. Mm-hmm. But then when you get out into the real world, it's like, whoa, the whole world's your oyster. And with me who has trouble making decisions or I want to learn about everything and I have FOMO about everything. And I, I wish I could spend, you know, a couple months with every single job, um, that there is in this world, Mm -hmm. like the rest of my life. I Mm -hmm. wish I could just switch around jobs and have the experience doing it all. Mm -hmm. And so trying to choose and so you can really make an impact on something is something I'm working on. Yeah. And I kind of think that's what your twenties are for, like figuring out, <laughs> Do you guys hear my phone? I'm turning it off now. <laughs> you know, I think that's really what art because if you ask me what my big vision for my business is, like it's a big question. I definitely have leaders that I might want to compare myself to, but if you were actually to ask me like what is the strategy, like where do you want to see the actual business? It's like I I don't know what kind of life this thing's going to take. Like I don't you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's meant to become in the big vision of it. It feels like there's a power stronger than me that's guiding that, you know? Yeah. And maybe I need to believe in that power Mm -hmm. because maybe I feel like I need to have it figured out. And Mm -hmm. so then I get paralyzed and don't do anything. Mm, Yeah. 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 When like every choice you make, every new job you take, everything that you do is bringing you one step closer to figuring. I like to think of it as like the breadcrumbs, you know, like the, the, what is the story of the kids who were going to the house and they left the yeah I'm like why is that st- what's that story called you know and you have to cancel find- and gretel did i make that up i'm like is that that <laughs> i don't know you have to find like the next piece and i sure. guess that maybe for you i would tell you to like trust that even if the job that you're in right now doesn't feel like it's the end all be all dream for you or even if new york isn't where you want to end up yeah it's getting you to that next link that's going to get you to that next step. Yeah. 
that's going to get you a little bit closer to where you want to be. I do have to say I've had no issues living in New York. I mean, I am so happy to be there. My liver and my wallet are suffering a little bit. But <laughs> but other than that, is on a social level and just all of that, mm-hmm. yes, I'm having a great time. I definitely notice the overstimulation that comes with living there. And mm-hmm. you don't realize because you come back to Utah, you like take this big deep breath. You're like, whoa, mm-hmm. I didn't realize like all the lights and all the noise. Like it really um, it really has made me more scattered mm-hmm. and probably – higher anxiety levels as well that I, you know, need to navigate. And you come back to Utah and you're like, whoa, that was a lot. Um, But I still wouldn't have it any other way at this time in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right where you're meant to be. Right now. Yeah. I love that. So if you don't mind me just switching gears a little bit here, because I have two notes in my head. And the first one is, you know, a lot when I tell people that like I still have friends that I've had since I was six and that we still have like the closeness that we do, like there's yeah. nothing awkward or surface level. Like, no. you know, like you just came over to my house and like I haven't seen you in who knows when the last time Quite I, was a few months. I saw you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And that's the remember. thing. I don't even, yeah, it's like I don't care <laughs> when the last time was that I saw you. I've seen you plenty throughout my whole life. People always are like, wow, that's so lucky, you know? And I guess I'm like, why were we able to maintain that? And so many people can't. I have a take on that. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) I actually believe not being Mormon, and granted, me and Jane both have a ton of Mormon friends that are dear, dear to our hearts, best friends of ours. So, um... I, I had to make that disclaimer. Uh, we are we love being Our from LDS here. Friends listening, we still love you. Yeah, and, and you we love that. we love the. There's so many great things about the culture that made Utah such an amazing mm-hmm. place to grow up, and I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for that. I've mm-hmm. lived a lot of places now, yeah, and I I appreciate it so much. So wanted to make that clear. But uh, when there's a really strong culture in an area, the countercultures, LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I'm Greek. The Greek community mm-hmm. actually um, are very strong themselves mm-hmm. because they are the minority and you really stick to your people and build your people up um, to count and and to counter. I don't mean it in like a negative way, but just you become a little bit louder. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know why, but the communities are really strong. I know Greeks all across the country and they're like, wow, the Salt Lake Greeks mm-hmm. really really band together or wow. you know salt lake city is actually contrary to popular belief and i don't know if you've talked about this but mm-hmm. one of the most gay cities mm-hmm. in the states mm-hmm. and it was voted you know one of the gayest cities in america mm-hmm. at one point you know even above san francisco i think that was just like a one-year thing but it's it's actually very interesting but i think that is an advantage in a weird way mm-hmm. and i so i think that us being non-mormon mm-hmm. and we understand and We understand maybe living outside of a certain set of rules. Mm -hmm. Um, We we bond together in that way. Um, But then I also think there's the other element of childhood friends, whether you're Mormon Mm -hmm. or non-Mormon. We just get each other. Those girls that we went to elementary school with. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a trust level that you have with your childhood friends that is just unmatched. And maybe Mm -hmm. not everybody has such... um, 
strong ties with their childhood friends but we we've been really grateful to keep those for some reason and i i could trust any one of my childhood friends with almost anything Mm -hmm. and um and i'm really really grateful for that friendships and relationships are the key to happiness um Mm -hmm. it's proven Mm -hmm. and i i believe that in my own life Oh my gosh. I love that. And there's so much, okay, wait, there's so many notes I want to say, because I feel like there's one hot take that maybe I wouldn't have, I can't expect you to say because you're a very humble person, but Alexis is the type of friend that's like, I feel like a lot of people aren't like this. It's okay that we haven't talked in six months. Oh yeah. Let's start now, you know, like catch me up. And I, I guess that It's interesting to me because I have seen, A, I've had friends literally say, like, you don't give me enough attention, you're not valuing me enough, all of this stuff. And I'm like, are you breaking up with me? Okay. (laughs) Like, I didn't agree to be your girlfriend. (laughs) You know, when those friends are, like, way, way, way too needy. Or, of course, those friends who just, like, never have your back, which is obviously not going to be Alexis. But I think that a quality that you have amongst all of the rest of my friends is that I can call you on any given day. Yeah. We could meet anywhere in the world. I was in New York for like three days and we met each other for brunch. Oh my gosh, we did. Yeah. That, that was the last time we I saw each other. I think that was the last time we saw each other. <laughs> and it's just like, so where were we? Yeah. Like catch me up. And, and it's funny because something that you really struggled with growing up was that people would change sure (laughs) and you like are one of those people who like you've always been Alexis oh like really it's not like I think the only thing that changed is that like in high school you weren't a party girl and then in college (laughs) you were like that's really I was like that was like the only time that Alexis changed I would kind of hang out with Janie and the party girls sometimes but have like one drink really (laughs) scared sipping it slow sipping it in the corner Oh, please, but I will never forget the New Year's Eves that we had with the Greeks. With the Greeks. Yeah. Classic. But I, and I, and so you would always struggle with seeing people change and maybe that was actually you seeing people become less authentic because you were always just, even though you were like all these labels that people could put on you yeah you were so authentically who you were and that's what people loved about you and the people that were judging you they were just sadly missing out that's very nice well I think the same about you I was telling (laughs) saying that earlier yep well and I think that's why it's so easy to be your friend is that every time I've gone through these drastic changes in my life you're so consistently there yeah and you're never you've never you've always allowed me Again, and maybe it's because you've always seen that I'm evolving into a more authentic version of myself. Yeah. You're we not all are. seeing me turn into someone else. Yep. I think that if I did, you probably would actually call me out. Yeah. I'm like pretty confident about that. Um, and I think that's what makes you such a good friend is that you you let your friends grow and change. You let your friends fuck up. You let your friends make mistakes. Yeah, you can't let that get to you. You can't yeah. control that. You're, like I don't, I don't think I've really done anything like to hurt you too much. It's very past. hard to offend me. But I've, yeah. But even stories, yeah. you, it is very hard to offend you. I think I've seen one person in our whole life make us make you upset. No, two. I can think of two people <laughs> that made you really upset. Don't even know who they are. We don't even need to bring them. <laughs> yeah, <up>. we will. <laughs> 
But I've even heard stories, you know, about in college, some things that you were going through with your group of friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, you're such a good friend. You're so forgiving. You just show up for everyone. And that was, I guess, for me, like a big intention around this episode is how how to nourish the friendships that we already have, especially after this pandemic we've been through. Sure. And I wonder what you would say, because this is a question I get a lot from my students is like, well, I kind of broke away from my old friend group or I Mm kind of grew out of my old friend group or even like, I don't, you know, there was a time when like my core group of friends, I felt like super outsider with all of them. But it was always me and you. Like you were never, we were always like, we had different core friend groups. We did. We did. But then we were best friends separately. So then we could talk about our friends to each other. (laughs) It worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, And I, and so you even saw me go through that and I healed that. And now like, Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm still really, really close with all them, and it means so much to me that we all still have that. Yeah. So I wonder what you would say to a girl who like is feeling too timid or afraid to like reach back out to her older friends and try to like nourish what they could have or could create in the future or now. Sure. I think. Well, I've moved a lot of cities, so I think that can cause a roadblock. Um, in some cases, but when you're in the same city or just catching up for coffee, or do you know what my strategy was in New York? I'll say this. I was meeting so many different people in New York from all different facets of my life, whether they were a high school friend, a college friend, um, somebody that somebody introduced me to like, Hey, I've got a friend in New York. You need to meet up with them. So I kind of started when I moved to New York, I had all these friends from all these different places that none of them were friends with each other. And I, wanted to host I like to host and so I wanted to host a housewarming party where it was my way of like hosting people and like Mm -hmm. bringing people together Um, because if you want to get maybe invited places or want to keep your friendships or want them to like think of you when they're hosting something like you also have to do the same and it's not Mm -hmm. like a have to thing you know it depends on Mm -hmm. whatever time and place you are in your life (laughs) don't feel forced to but um, that was my way of getting a lot of people together and then I had another party a valentine's day party i just wanted to throw one for fun it it wasn't like any weird love situation Mm -hmm. it was just like i want to have a party and i got a bunch of valentine's decorations and um had some food and me and my roommate and my roommate invited some people and we just kind of brought people together and it it was just my way of because sometimes it can be awkward if you're having you know a dinner with a friend and then you're like I'd like to invite another friend but I don't know if they're necessarily Mm going to mesh but I think having like a casual pregame and party setting Mm -hmm. every few months Mm -hmm. um or planning something is is your way of reaching out where Mm -hmm. it's like hey I'm inviting a group and you're like included in that um sometimes it can be intimidating otherwise and then one more thing I, I did the same. I, I just have to plug this because it was one of my best parties. I had... <laughs> Tell us. Last summer, I threw a silent disco for my birthday party. <gasps> that was Jane so attended. fun. <laughs> and I've gone through different phases of my life and you just have to be who you are. You don't have to like throw some rager every birthday. Mm -hmm. You don't have to throw a rager bridal shower. Like maybe you just want to have something relaxed at your house. Like you don't have to do what society tells you to do. So, um, 
you know, I remember my 25th birthday was like a really hard time for me. I just wasn't feeling it. And I was living in Vegas and I just didn't want anyone to know it was my birthday. And mm. I just like went to dinner with my cousin and just called it a day. I didn't even, I, I didn't want to throw anything big. But then last year, I was like, you know what? I want to throw a party. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I threw a party and I invited all my friends in my parents' backyard and threw this big silent disco because I was feeling it at that time in my life. Yeah. So I think that's um, – so to circle back and like summarize, uh, number one is do what feels natural to you. Don't force fit something. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, gather people when it feels natural. Like, I want to see a group of people. I'm going to host something. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're not in a good time in your life. Mm -hmm. It's been a rough year. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to see people. And I just want to have a nice coffee with my friend. And mm -hmm. I want to reach out to my friend. So do what feels natural. People can tell when you're having a gathering for show or for Instagram or mm -hmm. when you're just like trying to put a party because it's a holiday and you feel like you have to have one. Mm. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is, um, you know, hosting things can be a way to, to bring different groups together. Mm -hmm. And then I always, I mean, my friends are my therapists and mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert at heart. So me reaching out to give a friend a phone call isn't a stressor for me. I know it may be for others, but that's just my way of connecting with people. And, even if it's not supernatural for you to connect with people all the time um, or reach out all the time and you can be a little timid about it, um, I do have to say like human connection, I believe, is just the core to happiness, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And Truth. it's something that I think um, if you really try to incorporate that in your life and habit stack it, that you'll be you'll be really successful Um in your happiness journey, if that's a word. Hearing it phrase. from Alexis Sacalario, non-spiritual person herself. Yeah. That is so, like, oh, I feel like, you know, that's the reason why I run my retreats. That's the reason why I host my meditation circle. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying because Bruna and I have just moved into this house and we were like, parties all summer. Like, you're in the place and the time in your life like, to do it. Yeah. So do it. And it's like, I yeah. miss... My, and and it's I love what you say. I love your response because my response is usually more like choose a f like whatever friend really means the most to you, right? Like say I hadn't talked to you in so long and mm -hmm. you were in town and I'd be like, let's go get lunch so we can have some one on one time. Yep. I'm such a one on one type of person because I love to feel like I can give my friends my full attention. Yeah. But also like the last party that I had, I invited Bruna and I just invited anyone we could think of yeah. to see who came and then to be able to watch all of our friends meet each other, connect, find friendships. Like it was – It brings so much the, joy. Oh, my God. It I really was does. so happy. I was just so happy to just have all my friends together and see them connecting and feel like we're cultivating yeah. our circle and getting all of our friends to connect after two years of like being so isolated. It's so fun when your friends that didn't really know each other become friends mm -hmm. because of you. Yeah. That's so fun to watch. And I may yep. not have felt like all of my friends got one-on-one -on -one time with me, you know. I may not have felt like I mm -hmm. gave everyone my attention. But I loved just having everyone in my home. Eating our food, drinking our drinks, you know. I just yeah. like loved having everyone together. So those are such beautiful suggestions. And again, like I always – I, something I hear all the time is like, well, I haven't heard from them, so why should I reach out? And it's yes. always like like what you said. If you want your friends to invite you to things, th invite them to things. 
reach out. Yeah, you can't live your life like that. I actually was listening to a podcast with Meredith Marks from Real Housewives of Salt no Lake. Oh yeah, God. she was the guest on this podcast. And she was saying how one time she was with her sister and they were shopping and they saw something and her sister said, oh, that reminds me of my friend so-and-so. And Meredith said, oh, why don't you get that for her then? And the sister said, oh, you know, like she wouldn't get it for me. So I'm not going to get it for her. And Meredith said on this podcast, like, you don't not do something because you don't think you'll get it in return and level setting your expectations with your friends. I'm telling you, it, it takes off so much stress. Like, um, you, you can't have an expectation that your friends will give you anything in return. And once you do that, mm. you just, and you just give when it makes sense to you. Like, I'm going to get you something because it reminds me of you, period, dot, the end. I don't expect anything in return. And try not to have any expectations like, oh, they invited me to this, so now I feel mm -hmm. like I have to invite them to that. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to invite them to this certain party mm -hmm. because it's really like a totally different crowd or something. You know, whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I I hope I explained that correctly. Oh, but it really helps to to just not live your life with with expectations. And I know people say that, but I, I just really hope that it resonates mm -hmm. um, because that has been really, really freeing to me. And then it allows me to just enjoy the moments I do get with my friends without getting disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, because the second you have expectations, of course, if if a friend, you know, if you've reached out 10 times and they haven't reached out yeah, one of those of times, course. that's a different story. Yeah. But everyone's just trying to live their lives and work on their careers. And we get so busy in this world of technology and so much stimulation mm -hmm. that um, just appreciating people for who you are and appreciating the time you get with them and not having high expectations, it it, mm -hmm. it really does. Um, it really is freeing. And I think that's why we're able to stay best friends because like we've gotten busy or we've had mm -hmm. different transitions in life where we're not able to call each other all the time and but it doesn't matter because I just appreciate the times I get with you anyways. Mm, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, when things are really scary in life, like it mm -hmm. has been lately, like looking around and seeing, like especially seeing that you and Ashley are still here, you know, that like Sammy and Elsie are still here. Yeah. That like these friends that like even their families, you know, oh. they're still here. All oh, their cute babies. Like I don't ever have to be afraid because no matter what happens. And that is so comforting to me. And I think that people are so isolated right now that yeah. they might hear that we have that and think like, oh, I don't have that. But it's yeah. like you have to cultivate it and we've given you a bunch of tips just now, but also like, I think the smallest little beginner thing is when you think of a friend and you miss them, easiest thing you can do is send them a text or a voice message or a voicemail or an email or a Snapchat, whatever it is your yeah. way. Hey, I'm thinking of you. Or a meme reminds you of a friend. I like blast memes to all my friends all the time. I'm like, this reminded me of you. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, love you. Hope you're well. Yeah. You don't even have to say something like, let's catch up sometime. Just like no. thinking of you. That could mean the world to somebody. Oh, this is another thing. Mm -hmm. Can I say one more? Of course. Um, Saying what you mean and meaning what you say. And mm. because we throw things around like, oh, let's get lunch sometime. Mm -hmm. But you, you never do or you don't mean it. You start to lose credibility. Yeah. So – um, that's something I really worked on. I had a leadership teacher in college teach me this. And if you say like, let's get lunch sometime, actually 
go home and let's get lunch. Because if you don't, Mm -hmm. then they're just going to be like, oh, they just say those things. Mm -hmm. And you kind of lose credibility Mm -hmm. as a person. My leadership teacher was telling me how much you can lose credibility in the business world. But I think in everything. And so, of course, I can forget things. It's not that I don't. But I try really hard that when I say I'm going to call you, when Mm -hmm. I say I'm going to reach out to you to go to lunch, I actually do it. And if you're not able to, don't say it. Mm -hmm. And that has been a really great friendship builder as well obviously over time mm-hmm. um it's the little things that matter and if you are throwing around let's get lunch or oh my gosh like <laughs> you know we have to totally hang out or you know yeah. and I don't have time to like you know sometimes people are like let's do a trip together it's like I don't I only have limited weekends like don't say that if you know it can't happen yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and um, that's another way to really just build credi- credibility with your f- mm-hmm. friendship base. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If you, that's, mm, that's so good. That's so good. I don't even think I need to comment on that. No. Um, okay. But another question popped up. Moving to a brand new city. How oh. the hell did you make all these friends to even host a party? Like what? Do, what is your advice for girls who I could I could count a list of students I have right now who have just moved into a new city? Oh my gosh! Well, I do. I I'm gonna first of all say that I make friends really naturally. Yeah. I'm just gonna own that. Mm-hmm. I I'm not shy to say that, and not everybody does. So I have a leg up in making friends in just my natural personality. Yeah. You you all are natural at whatever you do that I'm absolutely not and I have to work harder at that. So I just want to tell you that I'm starting a level up because it's just who I am. I make friends with people on the streets. It. <laughs> it's really it's really crazy. So um so I don't want to but but there is a lot of tips that you can do to make friends in this city and it really is those loose connections. Mm-hmm. Um I do want to make a book recommendation and it's The Defining Decade. Mm. I believe her name is met dr meg ryan we're gonna get it for you but that was a really helpful book for me where she talked about the power of your loose ties and uh so when i moved to new york i had a friend actually that was i was really good friends with her at the university of utah but i hadn't talked to her since college and it had been um, how long are we outside of college? How long is it since 2016? Right? No uh, <laughs> geez, I Didn't guess we, six like, years now. College yeah. So six years, I really hadn't talked to her much. I mean, we were Instagram friends and maybe would comment, you know, once or twice a year on each other's posts. But other than that, that's it. But then when I moved to New York, of course, I reached out to her and now we've become really good friends. And so she was kind of a loose tie of mine that we were friends in college, hadn't really talked. But then I reached out to her, Hey, I'm in New York. Um, and then a lot of friends of friends. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a godbrother who's like a brother to me. And he used to live in New York. So he introduced me to a couple people that he knew were the type to make friends. Not everyone's mm-hmm. in a great place to make new friends. They're really mm-hmm. busy in their life. Maybe they just had a baby or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Where like, um, But he knew a couple people that he knew would kind of take me under their wing. Mm-hmm. And so I was really grateful for him. But you need to you need to ask people to facilitate mm-hmm. an introduction, yeah. Yeah. um, to go to coffee. And luckily in New York as well, people are, most people are away from home. And so they're a lot more eager to make mm-hmm. friends than mm-hmm. in Salt Lake, for instance. Um, <laughs> 
no, I, I've had friends move to Salt Lake and it takes them a while to find the right people and the right Ooh, locals who know. If you just didn't know anybody, it would be tough, but, but work friends are key. So, so really, you know, gravitate towards those couple people. You know, there has to be a couple people at work. Maybe not everybody is mm -hmm. in your same stage of life, but mm -hmm. a couple people that, um, that you really enjoy their company, uh, joining a charity league or volunteering. I've met a mm -hmm. lot of friends over the years volunteering. Um, I have friends in New York that join soccer leagues um, mm -hmm. and they've made tons of friends in that. Or if you're into sports or like something to do after work, um, I if any of you practice a certain religion or community group that you did in your old city, mm -hmm. try to find a similar chapter or community group or religious um church or whatever you go to um, in your new city. So I've definitely become <laughs> friends with all the Greeks in New York that I didn't know previously, by the way. Um, but I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, I have a Greek friend in New York I need to introduce you to. So I was one step away from so many people in New York mm -hmm. and I really leveraged those. But you do have to take the initiative and you ask do. people to lunch be a little vulnerable. You're not in that school setting where you're just seeing mm -hmm. them in class every day and it's easy. Mm -hmm. You actually have to reach out and utilize your free time, which is so precious because mm -hmm. we all work so hard and then maybe we get two days a week and it's like yeah. um, you, you fill up so fast. But leveraging your connections and those people close to you um, should know, you know, a couple people in that city, leveraging your community groups and, and being a little um, taking a little leap of faith and asking someone to go to lunch or coffee, even if they're mm -hmm. a new friend, mm -hmm. they most likely won't say no. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't like to be invited to like, there's definitely been times when people have reached out to me to meet me for a cup of tea and it's just like not a good time. Yeah. And I am always so straightforward with those people, but also like I'm the type of person it's like, who, who, who doesn't want to just go chat with someone and have some coffee, but there's very few people We're I would talkative people, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and that's why I had to preface that this is my personality yeah. where meeting new people brings it. me a lot of joy, mm -hmm. and I get that that is not the case for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but also, and and that's why I'm saying like if you are in a new city and you are not prioritizing making those connections like I would urge you to because it's so important like Alexis has said like it's yeah. so important to feel like you and you are in a part of the tribe like you matter like there are people around that care about you yes it's it's just important so like even you know even if you're not like the most social person ever I love that you didn't mention bars once <laughs> because so I feel like so many of my students are like going out to clubs or bars to meet people and then they're not happy with the people that they meet and it's like sure and I love that you said like you know I'm telling people go to what kind of friends do you want to make do you want to make friends that hang out at twilight lounge every single weekend or yeah. do you want to make friends that are like going to yoga or like going to do this cool art benefit or like do doing volunteer work like what kind of friends do you want to make sure and where are you going to meet them like are you going to meet them at the bars or are you going to meet them at a meditation circle I just, I, and don't get me wrong. I love to go to the bars with my friends. <laughs> I, I do like a drink and I do like a fun night, but I, I'm usually going with my friends. Mm -hmm. I usually am not eager to meet people there and you can meet people there, but I would definitely not suggest that that should be your medium mm -hmm. to, to yeah. meet people. Yeah. I really think you need, um, to find kind of those daytime ways, <laughs> not just, Without a lot of 
you know, um, maybe like substance interference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think mm, I some that. of those wholesome ways, I mean, think of how you met friends at a child. You met mm-hmm. them at, in your classroom or playing in the yard. Mm-hmm. So how do we translate that to being an adult? Yeah. You, you want to meet friends in that, that same way. Mm-hmm. You didn't meet friends as a child, your childhood best friends who are usually some of your closest. Mm-hmm. You, you don't meet them at the bars. Yeah. So it, it, it really doesn't change that much to yeah. adulthood. And I think people forget that sometimes. And I bet that the people who are listening who maybe are feeling isolated or who are feeling like far away from their friends, I bet you're thinking of someone right now that you wish you had a closer friendship with. And it's so simple. Reach out to them. Invite them to do something. Follow through with it. Yeah. You know, I tell friends like, um, you know, I just made this new friend and I invited her to my party, you know, and she doesn't know any of my friends. And I texted her and I just said, I just want you to know that like I really want to like – I really want to like have a friendship with you. I don't think I said it that way. I think I said like, <laughs> I think that I just, I love hanging out with you and I'm so glad that we've connected and I just really want you like more in my life more. So like come meet all my friends. We're having a party this weekend. It's like, the ultimate gesture. Bring a if you want to. Yeah. And then she yeah. came alone because she just wanted to like hang out, you know? And I was like, ah, oh, you know, and it's like. We feel the same about each other. It's the best feeling ever, but it can be so vulnerable to make that first step. Um, most people really want to be loved and yeah. to have friends. And also it's okay if if you can tell, and you can usually tell if someone's not in a good place to just mm-hmm. spark a new friendship mm-hmm. and don't get disappointed or don't, don't force fit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, try to make another friend. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not in a great place and it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. But force-fitting it will just leave you disappointed yeah. and make you really sad. And I think that let's not put our energy in those places if you've, you know, really messaged a work friend six times and they're kind of flaky. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely Move put on. your energy to someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, and I pulled up this book, The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. What did you love about this book? Why your 20s matter and how you make them the most out of them now? Oh, shoot. I need to listen to that. I'm getting old. It was just a great book. So she is a psychologist, I believe. I, I don't want to get the title wrong, that specializes in people in their 20s. and But I think cool. it can translate to, to most ages, honestly. And it really was a reminder of not wasting this decade and that was really helpful for me. I think there's a section on spirituality. There's a section on love or partnership and relationships. I'm not sure how she called it. it it's been actually like probably five or six years since I've read the book. Wow. So I'm jogging my memory here. But And then there was a section on career. And so it was just these little adjustments and these essentially case studies of people that she worked with on how to make the most of your 20s because it Life moves by so fast. And how can we make sure that we're living the most fulfilling life and um, getting ourselves out of situations that aren't serving us? And for me, sometimes I know that a situation is not serving me, but I kind of need somebody or a book or a person or a friend to hold me accountable to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just really hard to do all on your own sometime. And this book was like this little support system to, to make sure that um, we're living a fulfilling life. And one thing I do have to say about in the relationship portion and people that really, really value family Mm -hmm. is, um, or having a family is unfortunately there is (laughs) a biological clock. And I think that, (laughs) you know, 
you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success. It's so easy to just like, you know, in society, like focus on your career. I don't need to focus on finding a partner or whatever, but I know I'll find one eventually. And then all of a sudden you may be, you know, in your late thirties, which is fine, but then maybe you might have trouble having kids. And if you don't want to have those troubles or you don't want to go through some of those hardships that, or increase the chances of having a hard time, then, then you need to start thinking about it now and laying mm-hmm. some of those steps. And that can be like a really harsh reality. Cause it's so easy to just be like, mm-hmm. it'll happen when it happens. And I believe that too, but you also need to be taking mm-hmm. some conscious steps towards what you want. And maybe that's not what you want. Um, but that was really helpful. And then one other thing was um, no matter, you know, the family you were born in, you can't control that. Mm-hmm. But she really taught me the concept of choosing your family. Like when you're choosing a partner, you're choosing a family member. And that at the time I read the book, mm-hmm. I don't know why it just resonated and it blew my mind. But you're thinking of this person as a family member, as a partner. Like think of how you think of um, your family members, your siblings, your parents, um, it's, it's beyond, you know, just like a quick, you know, fulfillment of feeling excited or lust. Like, you know, you go through thick and thin with your family members and like choosing your family, no matter who your family, you have the opportunity to create the family Mm -hmm. that you always wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really be conscious of that when you're choosing your partner. And that was, that was a really helpful concept for me as well from that book. Wow. I I love that because I do want to echo what you're saying about like, as we're looking for our partners or even as we're making our decisions, are we being clear on what we actually want? Mm -hmm. You know, and we kind of started this conversation with, Alexis isn't sure of her vision five years from now but and and it's like we want to get really really clear on what we want so that when people are coming into our lives especially as romantic partners yeah is this person and because I see so many of us closing our eyes to the aspects of our partners that are completely out of alignment with us yes and just you know doing that anyways and I love what you said because when Bruna is with my family she is just like, it's like she's from this family. Like, yes. I don't know how this Brazilian fit into my family so perfectly, but it feels so good to have her a part of my family. She's so different than a girlfriend. She's literally your family member. Exactly. And that mindset shift mm-hmm. was really, really huge for mm-hmm. me. And I think that circles back to why we're friends mm-hmm. is I think of – my lifelong friendships as family. Mm -hmm. I don't think of them as these like friends that can come and go in my life. Mm -hmm. I like, I consider you a family member Mm -hmm. and like that is a mindset shift. Like, you know, even my parents or my brother, I don't get to talk to them as often at different times in my life because I'm really busy or something, but I don't just drop them. Yeah. And I think the same way about you Mm -hmm. because I think of you like my family. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at your close friends as family members is another Mm -hmm. way to really to really cultivate that strong friendship. I love that. And as RuPaul always says, the lucky thing about us gay people is that we get to choose our family. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone really does get to choose their family. You do. And I, I think that's kind of the overarching theme of this conversation. You a have the bit. power. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you, if you hate, <laughs> if you hate your friends, go make new ones. <laughs> if you don't have any friends, find your friends. Like, I feel such a concern for this post-pandemic era that we're all going to be more and more isolated. And so I will continue to make more and more episodes fighting that in any way that I can. 
So thank you so much for just coming on. I can already, I'm already like, you need to come on again. We need to have more of these chats. Oh my gosh, my dream. So, <laughs> you just, you're so, like, I know you don't think you're the most spiritual person, but like, you, you're so, you just have so much wisdom and you just, you really know what you're doing. And the other question that I have for you, circling it very back to the beginning, you're a Leo, <laughs> Aquarius rising. What is your moon? Oh, I think my moon is the Aquarius. I think I'm both Aquarius on both of those. Okay. I think that makes sense. Okay. I mean, it's so funny. So you I'm do like, know your Leo. astrology, Jane. Well, I, I, again, all <laughs> from my mind. But one thing, it's funny because Alexis, one thing I will say about Alexis is that her emotions rarely come to the surface. Oh, that's true. Very rarely. I don't think I've ever... I've definitely seen you like heartbroken and down, but I've never seen you like in your emotions. And I don't think you really let yourself get there. That is a very Aquarius quality. Really? To just really keep them way down there. I've never been a super emotional person. I, I, I've had different times in my life or, of course, different losses and ups mm -hmm. and downs where, where you can be emotional. But but yeah, that's so interesting. Yes, I if I remember correctly, Leo is my... What's the strong sign? Your sun my sign. Birth, my sun sign. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, your zodiac is a Leo. And my moon and my rising are both Aquarius, so if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's so funny. The only other Leo that I know of my, like, one of my best friends at the Buddhist temple, she's this, like, amazing 70-year-old healer woman. She's <laughs> a triple that. Leo, and she is a fiery woman. Oh, I Powerful, don't doubt it. Amazing. We love her so much. Yeah, and I'm like, that's so funny. I'll have to do some more. I know. I want to research my own. Yeah, situation. we actually have a good astrology book downstairs that I was reading last night. We can go open it up. Let's do it. We'll post it in the notes. Yeah. Post what it says. <laughs> I'll update you guys on what I'm we kidding. learned about Alexis. Um, Alexis, a lot of girls who listen to this show are early twenties, maybe just got out of college, mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I just got this degree. What in the world am I doing with my life? Sure. What is what is your advice for them? I think one of my best pieces of advice is to be bold. Mm. And that can be so tough. Mm -hmm. But in all the moments where I can be bold, I think of when I was finishing up college, it was a really big moment for me to be bold and ask your dad to mm -hmm. um, give me a chance to go work for him in the Philippines. Like yeah. that was just a bold move, but that is the time to be bold. And mm -hmm. I think um, asking for what you want, uh, even at work. The other day I worked really hard on this proposal and I wasn't going to be part of the client presentation where they were actually presenting the proposal that mm -hmm. I primarily created with a lot of inputs from other people, but I was really quarterbacking the whole proposal and I had to ask, and, but I'll, I had to ask, hey, can I actually be a part of the client meeting? Oh my God. Because I want to see the fruits of my limb. Mm -hmm. And so I think I had to be bold and I had to ask a big vice president at my organization if I could be part of this really big client meeting yeah. and she said yes of course um and the worst they can say is no and you have to set your expectations on how you're going to feel if they do say no but 
not being afraid and being bold, especially when you feel strongly. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I can be a little timid and, you know, I'm not sure if it makes sense for me to be in that meeting. Sometimes there's a lot of other reasons and trying to really be understanding of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when you feel strongly, you have to ask what you get for. People are so worried about themselves. They're not going to know what you need. Mm-hmm. You need to tell them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So use your words, communicate Mm-hmm. and be bold um mm-hmm. in in whatever you want to do and 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 that's my advice and and just so you know those years are so hard after college and just the 20s in general and I'm still navigating through that um but the more and more you accept that hey I'm still navigating I mm-hmm. I said that earlier mm-hmm. on this conversation um and you know say that and be confident in what you say and just say what you feel and mean it and be authentic um but then how can I, uh, how can I navigate whatever, you know, I, I don't like this about myself. How can I get it? How can I make it better? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the worst things you can do is like pretend you know something when you don't mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or try to be someone that you're not just, just to show someone. So, so it takes a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'm going to say is I've recently gotten into Janie knows that I'm not a big meditator. I told her I need, I probably need help with that. I can't go more than five minutes without feeling anxious. Um, so I'm working on that and I'm working on kind of my inner spirituality of whoever, whatever my spirituality is for myself. I mm-hmm. believe that spirituality is very custom to your mm-hmm. own life and that these other, I'm going on a tangent here, these other Uh, you know, all of the organized religions and spiritual groups are there as a guide Mm -hmm. and, and follow that guide if you can, but, but it's okay if you don't follow every little quote unquote rule, Mm -hmm. um, you have to take some of those guidebooks and then apply it to your own life. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I want to say, um, on spirituality, but, ah, I forgot what I was circling back to earlier. Oh, the gratitude journal. Okay. So I've, in the last couple months I've been doing I've been using the gratitude journal. I think it's called the five minute journal. Mm-hmm. You can just order it online. I'm pretty sure it's like $15 or it, it it's pretty inexpensive because I'm also not a big journaler and I'm not a big meditator, but I was, I've been struggling in New York with just managing my anxiety and my inner peace. And I have to say that that gratitude journal is extremely powerful. So that's, oh. a, that's a tip I have because I I have a lot of, I have a hard time sitting still. And so, but I can do five minutes. Mm -hmm. I can write three things I'm grateful for that day. And I can write, you know, three things uh, that I want to do or or accomplish that day. Mm -hmm. And that is just easy for me to do. And I have to say, it really does bring you back to earth because you'll have a lot of anxieties. And then you sit and write those things and you're like, my life is fine. (laughs) So I'll leave you with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is just all such amazing advice, Alexis. Seriously, like you, maybe you'll be a mentor for women like me. Maybe that's what you'll do. Oh, I love to mentor people. I'd yeah. love to find a group in New York of of young adults or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I to just support. think young it's so funny what you say because on the episode that's coming out the week before this episode was that coach I was telling you about who she's literally like. Do you want to know why women aren't getting what they want? Because they don't ask. Like, oh, yes, okay, there's I'm glad. all of this oppression against us. Yes, but you have to ask, and so you I also just have to do the work. That you brought yeah. that up. Yeah, you have to do the work. You have to ask. You have to fully, fully show up. Be bold, like Alexis said. And you know, I'm just, 
I'm so grateful that you're here. And, um, you know, most people on the show are offering some sort of service where I could be like, reach out to Alexis. But I'm just going to say, reach out to Alexis. I'm going to put her Instagram in the show notes. And if for any reason, maybe you live in New York and you want a friend, maybe you are just want to, I don't know, talk to Alexis and connect with her. Yeah, that works. I am private, but if you write a little (laughs) note or something, uh, I will 100% add you and I am always happy Mm -hmm. um, to to answer any questions that you may have. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Was this your dream come true? Was this everything like you literally my dream come true? Because <laughs> we were just sitting on the couch talking. We would do this anyways. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah, we just we just have these little mics now. I love it. Good. It's like therapy for me. Yeah. Wonderful. Getting my thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You have great thoughts, Alexis. And I just think, yeah, I think that you don't. You know, I say this to so many of my friends. I wish that you could see yourself the way Aww. that I do, but that's why we have friends to reflect that. Back We're to working each other. on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's the last thing I wanted to say. If you think Alexis should start her own podcast, oh my gosh, send her a message. My secret dream. Yeah, my because secret it's like dream. Alexis, if I can do it, you can definitely do it. <laughs> so we'll that'll be our next step. We'll set that up for you. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Next episode, maybe it'll be like the tutorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. I I'm so you. excited. Yep. And I hope that you all listening have I love enjoyed. You too. And we love you. Thank you all. <laughs>